and good day. This is Ken Grant. You are listening to As Time Goes By with Rich O'Brien. Now, here's Rich and his co-host, Raina Lucero. Thank you, Ken Grant. Nice to hear his voice. Yes, it is. And uh, introducing our program today. And, and our program, in my view, Raina, has to start with what's going on in the world. It's tragic. If you've been observing at all, any of our listeners have been observing at all, uh, the Ukrainian situation, you know how horrendous it is and, uh, uh, with, uh, with the Ukrainians accusing the Russians today of holding 400,000 people hostage down in Mariupol, mm-hmm. uh, which is a southern port. Uh, and that's where they're trying to evacuate uh, people mm-hmm. from those devastated uh, cities along those, those so-called safe routes. Uh, and they have an agreement with Moscow to do that. And then, and then Putin comes along and kills people. That's right. It seems like this isn't the first time over the last week or so we've seen a ceasefire agreement and then Russia quickly ends the agreement by just going ahead and shelling again or you know, moving in and, and using force in those areas. Un- unbelievable aggression against children mm-hmm. as well as uh, soldiers. And, mm-hmm. uh, even today, I noticed, uh, noticed, I saw um, on television uh, where Russia had hit this hospital. Now, can you imagine aiming your, your weapons, your destructive mm-hmm. forces against a hospital? Yeah, the most, you know, the... Vulnerable. The most vulnerable of the people. Yeah are going to be in those hospitals, whether it's the women and children, the elderly, oh, the injured, people that have no means to defend themselves inside that hospital. And, and, and the, the pictures of that hospital broken apart like mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it, 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 was, it was absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Just destroyed. Mm-hmm. And of course, people with that mm-hmm. were destroyed. Right. I don't have a whole lot of uh, knowledge on the subject, but just thinking about it, it makes me wonder, you know, is that a does that go against the Geneva Convention? Is that what the war crimes are called? Oh, you yeah. know, I mean, that's yeah. Well, and people are saying that that, that uh, Putin is a war criminal mm-hmm. because of what he's doing, right? Uh, and, and and I don't know enough about those conventions, but I I would say, you know, in my heart, I say, go get him. Yeah. Stop this yeah. invasion, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, you know, there are pictures like this one I took off the uh, internet. Uh, people just, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. Yeah, uh, just... This whole thing began, well, you know, it started with the Russian attacking um, Ukraine on, I think, February 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a Thursday. And uh, it kept going, kept going. 25th, they got to give... Mm-hmm. See, I know how to say it. There you go. Kiev, I've listened to these uh, reporters <laughs> do that. And uh, and then by, let's see, this past March on Wednesday, is that really? Yeah, that's what that would have been mm-hmm. a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took uh, the port of, let me see what it says. No, I don't see which port it was. But anyway, anyhow. Uh, and then by the 3rd, they got the Black Sea port of Kherson, and that became the first major 
Ukrainian target to fall under this, right. uh, this control. And then we have this situation where Putin agrees to let these people escape mm -hmm. and get through what they call a corridor, yes. corridor, and then he sends his forces against those people and kills those people. Then there, on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, civilians came under fire when they tried to leave a place called Irpin, or mm -hmm. Irpin mm -hmm. and a young family was killed there, and there was coverage of that on television. Uh, and then uh, the rhetoric became more and more belligerent, as our uh, reporters tell us, and uh, it just got it just got worse. That's all. And, and I was I was looking for something more up to date. Yes. Uh, okay. Monday. Ukraine dismissed as immoral and unacceptable Russia's proposals to evacuate civilians along routes and then doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And then on Tuesday, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Civilians left Sumy and Irpin in the north, and Russia was accused of violating a ceasefire by shelling a proposed humanitarian corridor along uh, in this town of uh, Mirapol, where mm -hmm. there are 400,000 people. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's, it's uh, tragic. So. I'm sure that most people are plugged into it to some extent. Yes. <clears throat> but I'm here to tell you, it is one of the most tragic things I've ever seen in my mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, down Miracle, that, that, that's the kind of picture that you see yeah. here. Yeah. People just trying to get something mm -hmm. and get going. Yeah, just anything to get out of there. So uh, we were talking with a few people about what can we do. Well, one thing we can do. Uh, is pray for these people. Yes. And uh, so we've had one prayer meeting, and we've sort of set them up for Thursday evenings. I know it sometimes clashes with other meetings. Mm -hmm. We had to do something. And so we're just saying every Thursday, if you can come one Thursday or two Thursdays or whatever, every Thursday we're having this prayer meeting at 7 o'clock. Now, we started out having it in the Baptist church, but there will be some, I'm quite certain, that will be held in other churches. We just are having difficulty getting people together because we we did it so suddenly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and our, our good friend Mark Emmel, for instance, uh, from the Christian Church, is unable to do anything right away because his father has gone, he's mm -hmm. died, and Mark is in Iowa for the funeral mm -hmm. as we speak. Yes. And or in the next two or three days, mm -hmm. and then uh, our other friends, or some other friends. <laughs> Like we don't have but a few. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Goodens are quite willing to participate, but they're away right now mm -hmm. uh, on this day. So anyhow, uh, I'm hoping that we can see this come together and we can pray for these people. One thing we can do is pray for them and, and show our concern mm -hmm. and and do whatever we can do. Right, and I kind of like to add to that. You know, I believe that yes, we should pray for the people in Ukraine. You know, pray that they can find peace and solace. That those that are trying to get out find a safe way to get out, a safe place to um, call home, and you know whether it's for a long term or a short term. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we should also pray for Russia. Yeah. You know, we need to pray for our enemies just as much as we need to pray for the people we care about. Because I think we need to pray that you know Putin will find God. He will find something within himself to 
you know, whether it's completely stop, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, the humanitarian efforts, if he can stop, we need to pray that he'll stop targeting those. You know, that something, some light will touch Putin and his military, you know, assets that he has to stop, yes. you know, going after the civilians and the weak, uh, vulnerable his Ukrainians. Goal, I'm sorry. His goal is to put uh, Ukraine back in his possession. Mm-hmm. Russia's possession. Right. Uh, he wants to rebuild, mm-hmm. as has been declared by him, the former Soviet Union to whatever extent that could be done. And of course, that means taking in these countries under the wing of Moscow. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I, w- I would say yes, we pray for the, for the people of Russia, certainly, because I'm told, and I've seen evidence of this that many of the Russians have no idea what's going on. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Many of them don't know that their country is attacking mm-hmm. uh, Ukraine. Right. So. Uh, Which, I mean, isn't that, you know, doesn't that tell, remind us of a history lesson of, you know, how many Germans actually knew what was happening inside Germany and Poland. And, true. You know, yeah. and it, a lot of that is the propaganda that those nations are, you know, they're feeding their own citizens mm. so that they can turn that rhetoric uh, to look like, you know, they are not the aggressor and they're not committing these atrocious crimes so that the people don't then rise up against their leader. And who who suffers the most? The children. Mm-hmm. The children. And the women mm-hmm. who are not involved in combat. Right. They're the ones that receive the uh, the target. I mean, it, it's... Um, it, it just it just keeps coming back to me. I keep thinking about the, uh, what I've seen just in, in spots mm-hmm. on television that, uh, of these of these children, and uh, there there have even been children separated from their parents, and uh, and there are people going across the border and then deciding to come back and fight. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've heard that there are twenty thousand mercenaries coming from other countries wow. to help fight against the Russians, mm-hmm. and then there are some in the in the other camp coming in to help yeah. the Russians. So it's it's a war. <clears throat> And I wonder if we can't really say this is the Third World War. I don't know. I think that we are dangerously close to something that, you know, everyone has basically joked about. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, don't start World War III over that, you know. But I think that we are dangerously close to this being, you know, our Third World War. and, um, And the key, the nuclear question. Yeah. That's going to tell us whether we're in a war like that, mm-hmm. and even and when that happens, no holds barred. That's right. And the United States is not out of there. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not free from that. But it, it just seems like somehow these uh, politicians, or these statesmen, mm-hmm. statesmen, need to get their heads on straight and end this thing. That's right. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's why we have these prayer meetings. Good. We'd like to see people join us. Uh, you don't have to have a background in the, in the church or anything else. Just come and show your support and pray with us if you can, mm-hmm. or at least be with us during the prayer time. It would be great help to have that kind of uh, encouragement, and we would uh, certainly hope for that. Um You're listening to As Time Goes By on this podcast. 
I suppose with podcasts, there's no point really telling people that. They they chose it, mm-hmm. so they know what they're listening to. But there's just something in me out of that <laughs> broadcast background uh-huh. that says, oh, you better identify who you are. <laughs> so that's who we are. And uh, we, we're enjoying this time with you. We hope that uh, you're enjoying listening. Um, another thing that's going on, uh, not internationally, well, maybe in some cases it is, but nationally, uh, which is a greater interest to me personally, because I am a baseball fan. Yes. The uh, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Union are having conferences, meetings, negotiations to uh, try to set up a, uh, a competitive system for next season. And already I'm told some of the things I've seen online, that they've already canceled opening day in most places uh, because they're still talking. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they that what they're trying to do, and I'm looking at some figures here. Oh, yes. Um, Major League Baseball has raised its overall minimum salary uh, request, beginning with 700000 in 2020. 22 this year, and that would raise or rise to 750,000. This is a basic, this is the, the, the base, you know, the, the, the basement yes. figure in 2023, and then 730,000 in 2024, and on and on and on. It goes up to 2026, 770,000, and that's, uh, that's what they're asking for. And then, um, a $40 million pre-arbitration bonus pool, which would be up from $30 million <laughs> on the last proposal, uh, and a draft lottery that awards the top six spots, uh, two more than the NBA basketball, mm-hmm. four more than the NHL. And then large market teams can't pick in lottery in consecutive years while small market teams can't do so in three straight years. I don't know what all that means, yeah. but it, it sounds pretty hefty. A lot of money. Yes. And so I'm, I'm hoping that somehow we get some things where we have baseball. And then, of course, my big thing is, is Freddie Freeman going to stick with the Atlanta Braves or is he going to go elsewhere? <laughs> yeah. There are some who are saying he was going to go elsewhere. After all these years, he's only played for one team in the major leagues, mm-hmm. and that's the Atlanta Braves. So we'll see. I hope he sticks with them. That's my team. I, I will admit that. I confess it. Mm-hmm. The, by the way, the World Series champion, yes. Atlanta Braves. Yes, of course. So <laughs> I'm not a baseball person, but um, so I'll just ask you, I'm, what's your opinion? Who's being – is there someone being malicious or, you know, more needy in this situation? Is there – is there a balance there oh, somewhere? or I, I, There may be a balance. I think it's typical of, of union arbitration. I grew up in a union home. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a steel worker and uh, very much a union um, person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times he would say, well, I'll be back. I'm going down to the union hall. Mm-hmm. There were these meetings. And, and what did they go there for? Well, he went there to uh, complain, for mm-hmm. one thing, and then finally to 
to set up arbitration with the owners of the plant or mm -hmm. the management of the plant, whoever it was. And uh, and sometimes they would uh, they would win some of those things, and right. uh, as a result, uh, it, it helped our household. I know, you yeah. know. Uh, I remember sitting where, uh, with my dad at the kitchen table, and he was doing some figuring at the kitchen table, and he said, "At last," and I said, "What?" Because I was probably a teenager. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He said, at last, I have earned $10,000 a year. That was a big thing. Yes. Yeah. In those days. Mm -hmm. well, of course, 10000 You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was, that was the way it was. Union was very, very crucial and mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. And of course, there were those who took took sides either way. Yeah. Uh, on that, and so I would imagine with baseball, it, it's it's not much differently, mm -hmm. much different. Mm -hmm. You know, these baseball players, uh, some of them are quite haughty. I know that, mm -hmm. but many of them are guys who came along as rookies and got a chance mm -hmm. and got in the door and were playing along with these. Uh, Big stars, yeah, and and earning their way, and they need to have the proper income. That's for sure. Yes, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody, everybody I know in baseball, or, or, or just, you know, these union people, they make the money, and that's that's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do. I just want a season so I can watch baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, America. Um, Baseball is America's great pastime, you know, that's, right. it, that, that's what America is. We're hot dogs and baseball and, you know, oh, <laughs> peanuts, all of that, you know. And Northern so, Rockwell. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, you know, I, my sister and her husband and their two children, they are very much baseball people. Oh. Opening day. Uh, really, it, that's like a... Are they Rockies fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. their day, opening day. Sure. You know, they do the, the whole thing, you know, the cookout. And and so I'll have to visit with her and see, yeah, you know, what her take is on, on this. Because I know that baseball really means a lot to their family. It's it's their time to gather, you know, it's their camaraderie. Sure. So, um, and I think that's true for a lot of people. You know, my parents watched baseball only for the season, or for the... World Series, uh -huh. and my mom to this day still watches only the World Series every game. She doesn't watch a game before at before all, <laughs> but every World Series. That's how growing up. That's the only baseball on TV I ever watched was the World Series. So oh, you know, I don't know much about the the before that, but I would really you know hate to see that you know baseball that American pastime can be lost to yeah you know whether it's, it's greed it's, or whether it's you know do what's fair what's right. We can I mean, just hope I, that they come together. I have stopped my foot, you know, mm -hmm. in my living room watching <laughs> baseball games. Mm -hmm. Why did he drop that ball? Yes. How did that? <laughs> he swung at that? Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things, and I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. Why am I a fan? Well, here's a, here's another little tidbit. When I was doing some television uh, several years ago, I interviewed Buck O'Neill. Now, Buck O'Neill was manager of the Kansas City, mm, it slips me anyway. Mm -hmm. It was of the Negro League. Mm -hmm. Now, the word Negro was what? It was official name yes. for that league. Uh, well, then 
Jackie Robinson came along mm -hmm. and he st he played. And when he did, he broke that barrier that kept black people out of baseball, right? Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, the Monarchs, that's who they were, mm -hmm. the Kansas City Monarchs, they were done for. Right. Because now the players were going into the major leagues. Yes. And uh, so Buck O'Neill became a scout for the Kansas City Royals then, mm -hmm. which is a, a, a totally integrated team, of course, yeah. uh, of today. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to interview Buck. What a wonderful man. Yeah. Oh, he, he was already out of it, mm -hmm. out of baseball. But I asked him a question uh, about baseball that had been haunting me because I love the game. Mm -hmm. And I said, Buck, why do people say it's too slow or that they don't, that's boring and all this? He said, the people who love baseball usually are the people who played it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? You got a home run there. Yeah. Because I played it. Mm -hmm. You know, I played the game. Yeah. And uh, if you've done that, then, you know, I mean, as a kid, of course, mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't go into <laughs> professional baseball. I would love to. Yeah. Them. But uh, it, it's it's that connection you have that becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And, and, and the same would be true with people who play football and yeah. love football. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And, I, and now we're, we're in a part of the country here where... Uh, College football, speaking of football, mm -hmm. is not that big a deal. Right. Uh, there are some who are very glued to uh, see you mm -hmm. and so on. But generally speaking, it's pro football yeah. for people here. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, the uh, Barocco. Yeah. Who had yes. a new quarterback, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Russell Wilson. That's, that's pretty good news for uh, yeah. Denver. I was quite shocked to see the Seattle didn't do everything they could to, to yeah. keep him. Well, see, there you know about football. So I, I know a little bit about football. I was raised on football and basketball, so I know a little bit about that. But. So when I talk about the college team that I like, nobody gets too excited about <laughs> In fact, uh, when, when my home, my team, lost a national championship, uh, I got a little razzing, but that was mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Not much. Of course, I had my reasons for it. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, locally, uh, sports is important here. Yes. Uh, in, in the high school mm -hmm. and in elementary, I guess the other school too. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. But we have a, a passion here for our kids in the various sports. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, the independent carries a good good deal of uh, news yes. on the, the sports that go on here mm -hmm. and I, I'm glad to see that because it's that's yeah. that's what that sports have a, a way of kind of equalizing equalizing I'm trying to say yes. everybody and mm -hmm. and, uh, and and the competition yeah of, yeah well we'll get you next year mm -hmm. you know that is great stuff. Yeah it is and you know it really brings everybody together. You know, mm -hmm. whether they're together or apart, yeah, they're yeah, together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it does. It, it, it creates, good, creates a good dialogue. And it's good, you know, that, like you were saying, the independent, you know, covers a broad, you know, area for, of the local sports. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good for um, 
the kids of the teams to see that there's a local area newspaper that's highlighting them. Mm -hmm. uh, because in so many ways, we don't forget about our kids, but we're always talking about Ukraine, the things that, you know, the election, we're always talking about these big major things. And sometimes we need to mm -hmm. remember that, you know, we need to talk about the good things that are happening right here in our hometowns and our surrounding areas. And because it's these young people that, you know, we need to build up because they're going to grow up to be making these big decisions someday. So kind of giving them the, the self-esteem, oh, yeah. you know, now to say, hey, somebody's proud of me. You know, somebody's, yeah. you know, we may have lost, but look, they still wrote about it and they still put my picture in there. They, yeah. you know, just yeah. continue to help build up that self-esteem for these young area kids. And, and some of this makes... Uh, news in Lamar mm -hmm. and other places and mm -hmm. and of course there's another newspaper here in our town too we yes to mention mm -hmm. that the press mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and they cover these things so uh the idea is that it brings us together it gets us doing things that uh, that are important to mm -hmm. our families it's a family situation yeah on a political scale or political area we've got a meeting coming up Tomorrow, this is Wednesday while we're cutting this, but tomorrow is Thursday. Yes. And uh, the county commission will be meeting to discuss how's that going to be? What, what's the idea there? So I think uh, the commissioners of Cuyahoga County, they sent out a, basically I think an invitation, a letter um, invitation to members of, you know, XL Energy Group, um, I believe to a, a broad number of the lawmakers here in Colorado, as well as I I believe, and don't quote me 100% on this, but um, maybe even the tribes, you know, that are associated with Sand Creek out here. Right. Maybe to just bring together in a roundtable discussion of as far as, you know, what are we looking at? What is the problem? How can we work together so that we can bring in Excel to put these transmission lines in without causing so much, you know, havoc for the Sand Creek right. so that all the landowners and, and the stakeholders here in our community can can you know benefit in the ways that our county so desperately is going to need yes and and that's now that's thursday after it's at three o'clock i believe i believe you're right yes three o'clock i was glad to see the time on it because that way we still have the prayer meeting yes. for ukraine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the evening at seven o'clock so mm -hmm. it's uh i one of the things i enjoy about our community is that we uh we don't leave a stone unturned when it comes to finding out what we can do that better helps yes. and assists families. Mm -hmm. It's all about families. It is. And uh, that's what our churches are about. That's mm -hmm. what our schools are about. Mm -hmm. And that's what this uh, podcast is about. What, right. we can do, what we can do about families um, to, uh, to help those children as they grow up, as they mm -hmm. go off to school, whatever they do. And we're seeing that happen all the time. Yeah, and unfortunately, you're right, it does happen. That's why, you know, when I went to school, I was in high school, I graduated from a class of 26 kids. And we were, you know, we were a medium to large size class, you know, for each, that was pretty good. And now we're looking at, you know, like 8, 10, you know, maybe 12 or 13 graduates. And what's happening is, you know, there's less and less for young families to do in our community. There's less and less opportunities. So we're looking at people taking their families, moving away. Or just, you know, these kids are going off to college and they're never coming back because what's there to come back to other than to visit mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or, you know, to visit friends. But they're not coming back to open businesses or be, you know, stakeholders in our community anymore. Oh. So 
I think that are we seeing a turn at all? Uh, do you see anything? Turning? I think that you know, with the help of the Excel, because that's going to create when the wind towers come, that will create some really good jobs, and there'll be jobs that are a bit higher paying than you know just working for the county mm -hmm. or you know the city or things like that. And those are all really good jobs, you know, the county, the city. Unfortunately, we don't have the money in the coffers to pay, you know, even what Lamar pays. Right. So, right. you know, um, finding higher paying jobs for these people. Um, so the kids, you know, and even just people from in the area to come here, move here. You know, we have to find some housing. And they're starting to work on things. You know, so we see small pods of progress happening. It's very incremental, though, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Step at a time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I see that as yeah. well. And so a lot of people might say, well, you know, they've been talking about it for two years, but nothing's happened. Well, when you throw COVID in the mix of everything, yeah. you know, that slows the whole, you know, the project down. Um, but, you know, great things are not going to happen overnight. And so just, you know, continuing to stick with your community and stick with the people that are in charge. Um, and believe in them that they're going to keep yeah. working for the better interest of all of us, our kids especially. You know, our kids need desperately to see that we're thriving so that they can thrive. And we need to invest in them. And anytime that there's an opportunity to bring a business or bring something into our community that is for our kids, I don't think it matters what it costs. Because if we don't invest in our children, they are not going to invest in our community when they're older. Good point. They have to see that we are invested in them now. So that's kind of my my spiel and they to may them. They not understand that right now. Exactly, and and that's that has the thing. To go back to mm -hmm. Yeah. And they'll look at it when they're 19, 20, 25, you know, whenever they graduate college and they're thinking, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? You know, do I go back to Eads where they didn't care about me when I was a kid? You know, we couldn't get a pool. We couldn't get, you know, <laughs> basketball courts, whatever it is. Or they're going to be like, you know, this is a community that, that raised me, that put everything in place so that I wasn't on the streets, so that I wasn't making bad choices. And that's what we need to do. Invest in them today so that tomorrow they'll invest in us. It's it's nice to be in a small community, mm -hmm. uh, and we're not we're not saying I, I'm not saying that I want to see us blow up to right, the point yeah. that we've mm -hmm. got mm -hmm. ten thousand people here. Yeah. Not at all, because mm -hmm. that's not what I like. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I I, I talked to a, a gentleman who's in business here, mm -hmm. and he said that when he grew up, he couldn't wait to get out of town, mm -hmm. so to speak. And then, after he saw what was out there, he came back. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. Yeah. And that was some years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, we've we've shrunk some since yeah. that time. Mm -hmm. And it would be wonderful to see the kind of thing you're talking about, that, uh, that our businesses and our industry uh, captures. Yes. So as to bring the, the kids back when they do leave and go mm -hmm. off to college or mm -hmm. wherever they go. Mm -hmm. And uh, and by the way, there's we live in a time now when people are not talking always about college education. Have you noticed that? Yes. Professional uh, crafts mm -hmm. are beginning to take the toll uh, in a positive way. Yes. And uh, people are learning to do these things that everybody needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I'm glad to see that too because I don't think everything is uh, has got to be in the computer. It's got to be in the book. Yeah. You know, that's that's it's an interesting. I agree. Thing. Yep. I have a stepson who is uh, almost done with his sophomore year in high school down in Lamar, 
And so we've started, you know, the, the parent questions is, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, you know, you need to start thinking about your future and, you know, all the things that every kid hates to hear. And he was like, well, I don't know if I want to spend four years, you know, in school and make you guys pay, you know, $40,000 a year. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's just that's not going to happen. Hey, uh, nice idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, something we've been telling him is, you know, look at trade school. Look at, you know, even sure. if it's just Lamar, you know, they offer construction, plumbing, electrical, you know, an electrician or a plumber in Eads or, you know, in these smaller communities. Yeah. I told him, like, you could charge almost anything and people would pay it because it would still be cheaper than paying someone from the Springs to come by the time you pay for their mileage and then you pay for, you know, all the other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that's what we need in small rural areas is these people to, you know, with those trades. You know, plumbers, things like that. Oh, so absolutely. that's what we're pushing for our kids is, yeah, you know, if you want to go to school and you want to be a lawyer, I would love that for you. I want whatever you want. But don't think that a four-year degree is going to ensure you a good-paying job. Because I have friends with a four-year degree that have not worked one day in the profession that they, you know, that they have the degree filled in. And yet, I know what you're leading up mm-hmm. to. There are those who do not have those degrees mm-hmm. who are doing it. Exactly. And they have the uh, the wherewithal, mm-hmm. the uh, understanding of how to do things. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know how to walk across the street. I got, I got <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, in a sense, uh, you know, like that. Uh, but are you ready? Are you ready to pay uh, $5 for gas? Oh, no. 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 Um, they're, I, they're paying $7 a gallon in California. Yes, I saw that yesterday. And I saw right now Colorado's average is right around 369, which last I looked, I think that's about what we're paying right here in Cuyahoga County. Um, that's about it. I yeah, think, I, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not ready. And it makes me sad because we want to take our kids on a big vacation this summer and, sure. and drive to Arizona to see the Grand Canyon and you know teach them some some culture and some history. But I told my husband, how do you how do we afford? To, to drive six kids, two adults, all the way down there. You got that kind of gas mileage? And yeah. Gas yeah. expense? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You know, we'd have to take two little cars, but, you know, that's not even going to, you know, save you any money. But You know, this is the first time I have had a car that got, the other day, it got 43 miles per gallon. That is amazing. Ah. I tell you, I, I I couldn't believe it, and it has mm-hmm. it has a gauge on it. Yeah, you're 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 watching this mm-hmm. as you travel. Uh, as long as you're on the highway, now that's highway mile. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and you get in town, it's still in the thirties. That's that's amazing. That that's wonderful? a good car. So uh, I, I hope they can do something about the war that's going on, mm-hmm. certainly, and uh, and we will be, as we said on Thursday evenings, praying about that. About those people, about the people. That's yes. the, the hard part mm-hmm. uh, to deal with. And then um, the the matter of uh, the politics has allowed this gas business yeah. to get out of hand like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to see that fixed. So, uh, yeah. okay, what is the 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 best? Play in baseball. <laughs> Want to go there again? Well, you know, I actually just re-listened to that podcast this morning. No. And I was thinking about that. And when I watch baseball, I like to watch our kids play. Yeah. You know, baseball. That's the yeah. baseball I like watching. And, man, I tell you, I love, we call it a pickle. 
You know, when somebody's going oh, to yeah. steal and they throw and they get them caught between, you know, whether it's shortstop and third or second or whatever. I think to me, that's the best, most exciting play in baseball. You see, Just from, you know, a parent standpoint. You know what you do? You're proving a point. Mm -hmm. You're proving a point. Baseball is a great game. Yeah. Because somebody there in the stand says, oh, that's the play. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. That's the play. Mm -hmm. A different play. Uh, you know, the, the pickling, I love that too. When yeah. they get somebody off, unless it's my player. Well, yeah, of course. Of. But that's an exciting play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that guy can slide in under oh, yeah. and, and beat that uh, that thing. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we, we talked about the stealing at, you know, stealing plate, yeah. stealing mm -hmm. the plate at, from third base. Yeah. And then the home run, and then, you know, and so on. Yeah. And I, I think baseball is an exciting game. I hope we get to have it on a professional yeah. level. Yep. We're I certainly going to have it with the kids, I'm sure. Yes. Yep. All, all That's right. I'll throw it out there that I actually think um, I'll do some double checking, and you'll see it probably on the Cuyahoga County Independent Facebook page. But the signups for summer baseball for um, our Eads kids will actually be I, it might be tonight or tomorrow night. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, check out the Facebook page. You know, make sure you're in the know so you can get your little kids signed up to yeah. to play summer baseball. And If we get them lined up, guys, I, I for one, I'll be out there to watch it. Well, good. Very good. So let's do that, okay? Well, that's our program for this day. I hope you'll stay tuned at other times when we bring you as time goes by with Rachel Bryan. Have a good day. <laughs>